hate touring. I never want to tour again. <laughs> I'm out of here. This is actually my first and last game. You're not even on Bear tour. has one sound check and he's ready to call it quits. <laughs> yeah, like, and he's not even on stressful. tour. <laughs> no, I was having a moment where I was just like, oh, it's so great to be here with everybody. And like, it's been like wild because like we haven't done this in way over a year. So it's just dope to be among friends, friends and family, chosen family. That's right. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Lauren. Through years of playing together in our band Coping Skills, our collaborations have often focused more on bits and banter than on actual music. So we created a space for our superfluous antics to thrive alongside music commentary, interviews, and more. This This is is More Talk, Talk, Less Rock. Hello, Lauren. Hello, Rachel. It has been approximately 40 days since our last podcast recording. At 40 nights, yes. Has it really? Yes. Wow. That might be... Well, that's the truth, I think. It's close enough to the truth. Approximately leaves room for the margin of error that I need in this moment, and so it's the truth. (laughs) It is more or less the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So the last time that we did record... We had done some discussing about your near future return to touring. Yes. It was the evening, the, the eve of tour. It was the tour's eve. eve. Tour's eve. <laughs> it was all tour's eve. <laughs> all tour's eve. <laughs> the and night before tour and all through the house. <laughs> Not a creature was stirring, especially me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure I was stirring. Um <laughs> And since then, since All Tours Eve, I have mm-hmm. done 19, 21 days of tour, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's done the math? Not me. Uh, certainly not me. And been home for about three weeks. Mm-hmm. And it is approximately one week until I, until our next All Tours Eve. Yes. Your next All, to- All Tours Eve. Yeah, well, I say I will not be our, like the collective hour, like the me royal and hour. the band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not going out alone in this venture. No. So as you said, it has been about 40 days and 40 nights since the last time we recorded. And at the end of that last recording, we did kind of leave things on a little bit of a cliffhanger. There there was a big question of you deciding whether or not you wanted to go to law school. And I'm wondering if you have any thoughts or feelings on that decision now. I have so many thoughts and so many feelings. And I actually forgot that I had them and then had to re-experience them as part of the decision-making process. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. What's really great is when you think yourself so deep that your brain like 404 errors and then re- like erases the entire memory. Thoughts not found. Yeah. And then you just have to have the thoughts and the feelings again yeah. and come to the same conclusion. You smoothed your brain a little too much. I just smoothed that brain. <laughs> You could slide on that baby for miles. <laughs> Slip and slide on down that thing. <laughs> yeah, it was um really funny. I, I guess it's funny now, but funny listening to like the edits of that and doing edits of that episode and being like, this is how I feel again. Like I went through a whole series <laughs> while I was on tour. You know, if you have listened to 
the previous episode already, you could sense that I am sort of leaning in one direction, It, I think, which was that I didn't want to go. And then That's I, fair to say. Yeah. And then I started the tour. And as I was going through it, I, I remember like pretty much deciding I wasn't going to go because I was overwhelmed with tour and all of the responsibilities. And I was like, I don't want to add this on top of it. And then as tour went on, I started to get more comfortable. I was having the thoughts again that were like, oh, but you should just try it. Like you've already made it this far. You've committed to it. You could always try a semester. And if it's not for you, just drop out or withdraw and just try it again. It's always an option. Yeah. Just, you know, have you ever heard of dropping out of college? I have. Yeah. It seems cool, right? It seems like maybe I, I've wanted to do that in the past. Yeah. Um, you should write a song about it. I'll, I'll think about it. Uh, and then, you know, I was like, I could just try it. And you know, if the next series of tours gets canceled and I didn't decide to go, I was going to be mad at myself and, you know, all of the thoughts that you have when you're trying to make a decision. Sure. While also still entertaining the whole, like, am I doing this for me or am I doing this because other people want me to go or because this will help my jobs that I do in service of other people and um, just trying to really figure out like if it was what I wanted and the day like I remember being at one of the last shows and being like yeah you know what I'm gonna try it I'm gonna try it I'm just gonna go give it a go for a semester and it's gonna be fine and um then I got an email about a group project. <laughs> you know? Okay, can we take a side change it for a second? Yeah. I'm just going to hard stance, fuck a group project. Oh, yeah. Agreed. A thousand percent. <laughs> Why are we doing group projects? Why are especially 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds and 28-year-olds like myself in higher ed being subjected to group projects, especially as the first assignment for a class in a semester at the beginning of a program. I feel like you got to ease into that at least a little bit. Well, I feel like the counter argument to me right now could be like, well, tour is a group project, but I picked the group. Right, and also you get paid to do that project. (laughs) That's true. And also, like, that is a job that you have decided to do with people that you have decided to do it with. That's what I mean. I picked the group. Not just some fucking randos, yeah. Yeah, people who are willing to... And excited to do the job well. Yeah. You also don't get graded. I mean, I guess you could if you don't do a good job. You could get Yeah, fired. I grade but, every tour. <laughs> yeah. But like you can also do your job well and that doesn't necessarily have to have any bearing on what anyone else does with their job. With like if you're in a group project, it's like if someone drops the ball, then like everybody suffers. Yeah. And it's a group project before orientation. You know what I mean? It's just... It you was, don't know these people. It Who was are these people? Simply so much. And... You know, as, a, as another sort of sidebar on our way back into the main overall conversation, there is a thing in the industry that we call post-tour depression, which is fun when you're already oh, depressed. <laughs> so then you add a dollop of, oh, tour's over, now I'm even more depressed onto your regular seasonal depression, or just like not seasonal, it's yeah. every season is what I mean by well, I guess seasonal. in the winter you could have triple depression, yeah. which is a real hat trick of a situation. Yeah, I like to think that as a bonus price. <laughs> But, you know, the day after, the timeline was, the last show of tour was the 11th, and the immersion period for this program that I was to be in 
was the 17th of august in new hampshire so there was like a five day window of just figuring my life out i hadn't bought books yet (laughs) i had barely gotten all of the information that i needed because it was coming in multiple sources and then i was hit with this group project while in the throes of post-tour depression you know on the 12th yeah and my whole ass was just like i don't know man well i feel like if you're it didn't even seem like you even wanted to like try to prepare or like get yourself in the mindset of like i'm gonna be in school now you kind of had like one foot a little bit out the entire time yeah i think is part of the problem you know i feel like i said this in the last episode and it, it was the whole series of like getting accepted in my mom telling people I was going to law school and being like, don't tell people that I haven't decided. I feel like the entire time through this process, I hadn't decided that I really wanted to go now. Yeah. And so that was evidenced, like you're saying, by the fact that I hadn't like bought the books. Or I guess like you hadn't like consciously decided, but it felt like a lot of your actions and, and the way you were talking about it were kind of hinting at the fact that you were not fully invested in going. Yeah. And so... I kind of, um, so there was the last show up door. There was the first day after where I was just like wickedly not having a good time. (laughs) The technical term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I had, and I really had to like make a decision. And I had therapy the next morning and I planned on going to therapy and being like, help me decide. As if it's their job when it's not. What can help you talk it through? Yeah, but not to make a decision for me. Part of the problem is that I wanted somebody else to make this decision for me the whole time, I think, and was trying to go to all these places and being like, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And as I was talking to my therapist about it, it was very clearly like I had already decided I didn't want to go. You just needed to accept it. Yeah, I just needed to make that choice and kind of hear the validation of like, that is okay to not fucking go. And you and I had talked about it the night before, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And had a similar conversation where I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And well, like my whole thing too was like, you know, A, law school is not going anywhere and people go to law school anytime and you can go to law school anytime. You could be a lawyer anytime. That's not really going to change. And B, I think you had decided to go to law school at a time that is not that long ago, but feels very different. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it was over a year ago at this point. Yeah. When we were like early pandemic, like very unsure of what the world is going to be like, you know, touring had, had ceased to exist. So it's like, well, now what the fuck do I do? And it feels very real in that moment for you to have been like, I should do this thing. And now being in a different mindset of like, okay, I can go back on tour. This is a thing that you know, slowly but surely is going to be a thing. And that puts you in a, in, in a different mindset. Yeah, it was a moment of like having no job, a career on hold, and living in my parents' house taking care of my dying grandfather. You know, it, and when you put all of that in context of the state of mind that I was in, it, it made a lot of sense to have this thing to strive for and work toward. Mm-hmm. But Less than a month after I was accepted into school, I started managing Mannequin Pussy. And then a few months after, and I had work to do. And then a few months after that, we were preparing for tour again. Like my life 
as I had known it was coming back and in a stronger way than it had been pre-pandemic. Like mm-hmm. before the pandemic, I was just getting, after a few years of touring, finally settled into a place where I could tour and not do another job on top of it. Right. Which was great. And then it was like, haha, <laughs> we'll see when you can do that again. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. But now I am doing that again. And that changes things for me. Mm-hmm. And being as tired as I was from all of the work that I was doing on this last run, coming home and thinking about being that tired all of the time and not having really any free moments to myself to rest even, but more importantly to me to like work on my own projects and the things that I want to do for myself and like my artistry realistically uh, was so daunting and kind of became like what is even the point well yeah because then you would have like been working and then in your downtime going to school to supplement your work yeah it would have been fucking 2015 2016 all over again where I was working three jobs just to pay the rent yeah and like theoretically have time to ha- like, I know I wrote the fucking song about this already. Like, I know that I'm just like have <laughs> reciting my own lyrics yeah. that I blacked out on. Literally, this is like a half a tangent, but an important one. <laughs> Coping skills, the band <laughs> that everybody who listens to the show probably knows about because we talk about it every episode, and that's the whole premise: is we're in a band, but we talk so much that if they we did needed it, a I would podcast. Be so impressed, honestly, right? has a song called Drop Out of College that I wrote about our undergraduate experience. And the whole, I, we are playing a show at the end of November, November 23rd, Glass Beach at Philomoka. And we were practicing for the first time in over a year for this show. And I whole ass forgot the words to drop out of college. You did. And you kind of looked at me and were like, your brain just did that to protect you from yourself. That was a trauma response. <laughs> yeah. Like not like not even a joke. Yeah. It's just like I it's it's like I had ignored those experiences to maybe take on this same experience all over again. Mm-hmm. Where how I felt graduating from art school was that I was working so hard to have this career that I did not have time to actually have that career yeah, because of needing to pay the bills and like get a foot in the door and whatever. And, you know, there was no time to make stuff sometimes or like really work hard and pursue that. And um, I feel like what happens to me often is that I get distracted or sidetracked by some sort of plan B. We'll just either appear before me or pop into my brain or I'll have a, an anxiety spiral about not making enough money to live and needing to get a more traditional job or career. I've decided, further side tangent, <laughs> that instead of calling it a real job, we should be calling them traditional jobs and mm-hmm. traditional careers. Mm-hmm. Because what I do is real. It's a real fucking thing. It's not yeah. like a fake job. It's work. But when we say, oh, I should get a real job, we are like a nine to five salaried S. Yeah, well, job. like what we are doing, what I'm trying to say is what we're doing is we are um we're delegitimizing the the work that you're doing. Right. And like it's not not a real job. It's just not a traditional 
safe job, which those careers aren't even safe anymore. Yeah. Nothing is as it used to be. Anyway, I will see this traditional life path and be like, oh, maybe, ha, 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 ha. And like, (laughs) it's like the opposite of a Robert Frostbaum. Where I take the road mostly taken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instead of the road not taken. And then taken. you realize, oh, this sucks, actually. Actually, I didn't want this. And I'll, like, yeah. I'll like go down the path and almost touch it. And it'll be, like, in my grasp. And I'll feel it. And be like, oh, actually, I don't like this. <laughs> this is, like, it has happened time and time again. Yeah. Where I will just almost have this thing that I could have. And then it'll be right in front of me. And I'll be like, no, thanks. Send it back. <laughs> like, <laughs> And then go back gallivanting on my way yeah. on the path that I wanted the whole time. Yeah. Because this path, this like creative industries, music, art, entertainment, whatever path is hard. Mm-hmm. Like it's nothing is guaranteed. There's nobody knows what's going on. Nobody really it's, – it's not the same as just getting an easy paycheck, a steady paycheck. But I feel like the unstable nature of it is a lot of what makes it difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I just had an intrusive thought. It was like the unstable in it recognizes the unstable in me. <laughs> and so, you know, we just, uh, the way that I keep falling into this cycle of behavior is kind of infuriating. Of like, why can't we just learn our lesson? It's not that easy. I know. <laughs> I wish it was. Would Wouldn't have to great. keep fucking wasting time doing this over and, and over again. Energy. It's exhausting. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I also like, you remember the brief time when I um, considered going to grad school. I do remember that. Um, Would you talk a little more, bit more about that? <laughs> well, you know, I, it, it did stem from a lot of what you were talking about of like, feeling like I don't feel like I am doing anything worthwhile. I don't feel like I'm, I have anything stable. I would like something stable. I would like to make a salary. I would like to, you know, have all of these things that I feel like I should want. And I had found job listings for like, you know, music libraries and, and music archival jobs. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that seems really cool. And all of them were like, you need a master's degree for this. And I was like, well, maybe I should get a master's degree. And so I looked into doing that, um, went to an orientation or like a, not orientation, like a. Like an information session? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a day when you go and you talk to the people and they tell you the things. Totally. And <laughs> and I, the weird thing is that like my parents were like, yeah, definitely do this. And I was like, Okay, but you are also in debt because of my shenanigans. Like, <laughs> we are all in debt because of my shenanigans. Do you want me to do more of them? But... Yeah, our parents really both did want that. Yeah. For both of us. Yeah, and I had considered getting a master's in library sciences and going into, like, music archiving. And I talked to someone at my job whose wife or girlfriend was a librarian or like went to, um, got a master's in library sciences. And he basically told me, don't do that because there are no jobs and you will be in a lot of debt and they don't pay a lot. And even if you think it's what you want to do, it just isn't worth it. Um, and I was kind of like, well, that's something I should probably listen to. And also I think, you know, I think this is kind of the root of, of both of our qualms of, 
the bachelor's degree that we got of like, um, I think these days, and this is different than the things that our parents have told us and, you know, older generations have told us, you know, my parents really wanted me to get a degree in something and they didn't really much care what it was. I just needed to have a bachelor's degree. And that was very important to them, Mm -hmm. which I think is in retrospect, not the correct attitude to have. I think you should only go to school when you have a specific plan and the only way to get there is to go to school. And it's something that you really want and you think will be worth it. And also is proportional, you know, the money that you would be making with that degree is proportional to the debt that you will have, because that is a real consideration that you need to, you know, take into account. And I don't think that's really, you know, while our our degrees were like, cool and we kind of ended up you know working in the music industry in one way or another um we we did not really need to have our degrees to do that and i don't think that in the grand scheme of things we really need to go back to school to accomplish that either no i mean what i will say in regards to going to school in general is I mostly agree with what you're saying, but I would also add that like, if you can go, if you want to go to learn, just simply learn for the sake of learning, that is also great, but don't do it unless you can afford to do it. Like get a good scholarship, grants, whatever you can, but do not go into debt just to simply learn shit and fuck around. Which sucks that that's not a thing. Because honestly, I love to learn shit. I love to read Wikipedia pages. But I also hate <laughs> it's the, same the thing. educational system. Yeah, but like I am admittedly like not good at school. And I have like, you know, solely come to terms with that of like, I think that I am a smart person who is bad at school mm-hmm. because that's just not the way my brain works. That's not how I learn best. And... Honestly, the idea that I was even considering going back to school is pretty comical. Um, but anyway. Well, same. I, I mean, like, I – similarly, I am a smart person who somehow manages to be good at school despite my attention issues that make it very hard for me to complete assignments on time. Yeah. I spend so much time agonizing about the assignment and thinking about it, but I can't actually make the switch into doing it and then turn shit in late and not up to the standard that I would like to, but it somehow manages to pass just fine anyway, which I think is also a problem with educational system where they look at people who they deem to be smart and then decide that they can get away with things that people they deem not to be smart can't get away with. And that's some bullshit for another episode of the podcast. But uh, I think what you and I both forgot in these like twin separate journeys of ours is that we fucking hated being an undergrad. Yeah. And wanted to drop out so badly. Yeah. But like... We both kind of did at one point. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> my experience was different than yours in that, but yeah, but but we we both had kind of like a like a kind of meandering path journey through undergrad in a way that could have lent itself in both of our instances to leaving school and not going back. Totally. Um, but we both decided for one way or another to go back. Or parental for one, pressure. For one, yeah, for one reason or another. Mostly, yeah, mostly parental pressure. Yeah, and here we are. Despite all odds, using our insanely expensive degrees to make this podcast. You're welcome. (laughs) And this is where I put it. Sponsored ad. 
If I had one! Sorry, lost the happy, but the happy's back! So all of that being said... <laughs> you have decided not to go to law school. Technically, I have deferred enrollment. Ooh. Because I can't make a solid choice for any real amount of time. Yeah, how non-committal of you, I love it. I know, so unusual for me to be non-committal. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've deferred, and then we'll probably decide to just not renew my enrollment. Because I also think that if I'm going to go, I should stop this habit of trying to, like, three-quarter ass five things. I got a whole ass one thing. Yeah, or whole ass like two things. Like I think I could give 200%, but trying to like give 375% has been really exhausting. That was actually the accurate math for the bullshit that I said, which is some me ass shit. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, um, yeah I think if I'm going to do that, I need to do that later in the road when I can fully commit to it and like one other thing rather right. than trying to do it online and scattered without the um the systems put in place to keep me accountable that right. i would need and so i will not be attending law school this fall and probably not next fall either <laughs> but you will be going unless i change my mind <laughs> no, just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding i hope i hope i'm fucking kidding i hope i'm kidding this time um okay so you're not going to law school but you are going on tour. I and am, you have been on tour. I have been on tour and I'm going back on tour in a week. Yeah. And uh, so how, if you would like to take a moment to reflect, um, you've been home from the last tour for about three weeks or so, you said. Mm -hmm. In that time, have you, as you as you have been, you know, reflecting, um, what, uh, what are your thoughts about how this last tour went? How do you feel about it? How do you feel moving forward based on your experience those couple of weeks? I feel like my experience was very well summed up in the clip we put at the top of this episode where um, prior to even any of the tour, I had asked Bear, who's the basis for Mannequin Pussy, what his thoughts were on their return to tour. And he was like, I hate tour. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> uh, and then I was like, no, I'm just playing. I love tour. I can't wait to be out with my friends and my chosen family and all of that. And, um, I feel like that's sort of how my experience went a little bit. Uh, there were some last minute changes at the beginning of tour and I felt pretty overwhelmed and under a lot of pressure. And there was more work to be done that I had anticipated and in different ways than I had anticipated. And I did feel just uh, depleted and stressed for like four days. Hmm. And then you turn a corner <laughs> and some of that, stress got resolved and made easier and I found other ways to deal with it and mm -hmm. and I got to like enjoy it you know ultimately it it was a really great fucking tour I mean I get to work for two of the best bands in the world and True. like not only musically but just in terms of the teams of people that make up both Japanese breakfast and mannequin pussy just uh, incredible people. Good through music and, through. and good people. Good group projects. You yes. Know? This is the group projects that I want to be part of. Is yeah. Where just... With the, people who are good at their jobs. And and are wonderful to be around and love yeah. doing what they do and want to be better at it all the time and want to take care of each other. It just... Uh, it, that's where I want to be. And, you know, it was stressful being on tour during COVID for a lot of reasons, but 
after a few days, you know, we realized kind of the power that we had to put in more restrictions and say, hey, we want to do shows where you either have to have proof of vaccination or a negative PCR test. And we want to vocally encourage people to be wearing masks at these shows. And there was a noticeable difference in those behaviors um, once we put those rules in place versus before we Mm -hmm. had said anything about them. And I think that helped uh, reel in the stress a lot for for all of us, especially me standing at the merch table every night and talking to hundreds of strangers who I don't know what their personal going abouts are like and what they're doing in their yeah, daily life. Yeah, you are life. like the face of the band for a, a lot of people. You are kind of like, you know, when you're walking in the venue, like the merch stand is one of the first thing you see. And I'm one just like interfacing to. Yeah. with so many people in a way that most everybody else in, in the crew is not. Right. Most of the other people in the crew, unless they choose to, don't have to go out and talk to a bunch of other people who aren't directly working the show. Right. And so it puts me at a bigger risk of like not only catching something, but then spreading it to the rest of the band. Um, so having those restrictions in place really made me feel a lot safer. It made everybody else in the band feel a lot safer. And we didn't have too much pushback from that, from either the venues or the fans or anything like that. And it made it just so much, just like, it just made us all feel safer. Obviously, if you want to really get into it, anything you do in this timeline is a moral gray area. It's all a calculated risk. Yeah. And so I don't want... The way that I feel about touring going forward this fall is that I'm not going to try to make anybody feel bad who wants to tour. And I'm not going to try to make anybody feel bad who doesn't want to tour. Similarly, I'm not going to make anybody feel bad who wants to go to a show or who doesn't want to go to a show. But I do think that everybody who wants to be on the road and everybody who wants to go see a band has an obligation to do what they can to make everybody else as safe as possible, considering the timeline that we live in. And so that means getting vaccinated. That means getting tested. That means wearing a mask and like washing your fucking hands. Which you should be doing anyway. Right. And and not spending too much time just like talking to other people, I guess. Yeah. Like, and also, like, if you feel sick, stay home. If you feel sick, stay the fuck home. Yeah. You know? Um, I feel like it's one of the, like, honestly, in, in COVID times, I feel like is the the greatest or one of the greatest, like, shifts in behavior for a lot of people. Certainly for me of, like, you know, used to being in the mindset of, like, oh, if I just have a cold, I'll just, like, suck it up and just, like, go and mm-hmm. do my thing or if I, like, you know, not. But we really should, you know, moving forward, and I hope this sticks, get into the mindset of, like, if you are sick, stay home. And I know that is, like, a privilege thing for a lot of people mm-hmm. you know a lot of people can't do that and that's something that needs to change on a systemic level but if you are able to and you are sick you should stay home and if you have to go out you should wear a mask absolutely so i guess like you know outside of like covid specific things did it how did it feel to be back on tour and doing that thing that you that you haven't done for a really long time it felt great I, yeah i mean i I think mentally I function the best when I'm on tour because for me, it is a really great mix of having a schedule and knowing what I'm supposed to be doing at pretty much any given time during the day without being the same exact thing every day. There's 
new factors to take in. There's new problems to solve, or at least the same problem, but it needs a different solution. You know, like getting into a venue and <laughs> that hasn't had. If I had a dollar for every time a venue was like, "This is our first show since March 2020," God, I would have yeah. had. You know, I could have bought a couple cheeseburgers or something. Like, yeah, because you did kind of go out in that sweet spot of like that was kind of right the moment where people are like, I think we can do this. Yeah, but you know, you come in and and find new fun situations. Like one of the venues, I got the racks from them to hang the merch on, and there were cobwebs all on the top of the racks, <laughs> and I was like, this is a sign of the times. I need <laughs> this need to be cleaned, you know. Yeah, but then figuring out uh, just there's there's just like little nuance shits to figure out every day like how am i gonna fit all of this stuff in this small space or what am i gonna do when somebody is throwing up right next to my stack of hardcover books that no! are just like Don't you know it's just like Don't new fun that. and exciting things like yeah it sucks and whatever but it's also the some of the shittiest experiences that bring us all together and be like well at least we are good at our jobs that's and part we of the know what we are doing yeah exactly that was one of the uh, most chaotic nights of tour for all of us, but it wound up working out. In or the, the night end. where someone was throwing up next to the books. Among other problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a real, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Please don't throw up near the merch. Anybody listening? If you have to throw else. up, find a trash can, try yeah. to find the bathroom, yeah. find a corner, just not buy yeah, like, the valuable goods that cannot be the, replaced. Yeah, you're going to do it on the floor. Do it on a floor away from. It just didn't even make sense. Yeah, we're um, really good. Anyway, but I just feel most competent and capable and in control when I am on the road. And it was really, like, necessary for me to get back to that feeling. And I feel, like, validating. Yeah. I need to know I'm doing a good job, you know? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do know. So you feel validated in your decision to forego school and continue on the road. Absolutely. Yeah. The bigger problem now is, you know, how I get myself to the place finally where I can make time and space and mental energy to work on the things that I want to work on for myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is an evergreen journey. That I continue to navigate yeah. and uh, we'll see what happens. So in the last episode when I asked you, um, how are you, you managing your being a manager for your, for the, the ma- managing, managing your, your managers. I, <laughs> there's, <laughs> how are you managing being a manager? <laughs> so I guess now after tour, how are you how are you still managing being a manager? I mean, somehow I still manage. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> it's just a constant balancing act slash guessing game of of when do I need to do things and is the immediacy button that's being constantly triggered in my brain real or self-imposed. Right. And kind of reeling back and deciding you know, what timeline things need to be done on, what can wait, how I can carve out space for myself while managing all of these things. Right. And that that is the journey. That is the that is the journey that I have chosen. And yeah. um 
I, I think I'll figure I'll figure yeah. it the fuck out. Like I'll just figure it out. I have no doubt in my mind that you will. <laughs> but it's it one is of a, us. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, yeah. I mean, I'll figure it out. I have doubts, but like I'll figure it out. Yeah. But it is it is nice to know that, you know, in that um in that last tour kind of taking on some new things and doing things a little bit differently than maybe you have in the past that things are working out and that maybe they will be okay. Yeah. And they're only going to get better. I mean, right now I am managing a new tour manager and helping him get all set up to be on the next tour with Manic and Pussy and, and dealing with, you know, that internal like shift change in the way things are and pass the torch passing the torch and and while also managing my increased role with japanese breakfast and kind of trading off some responsibilities with their tour manager and and all of the fun that, that brings while managing new merch sellers every night and venue sellers and things like that and i'm just excited to kind of get into a new rhythm with things and hopefully um manage better you know those YouTube clips of like um uh like Sh- Shrek where it's like the intro but or it's like the whole movie but every time they say like all or something it speeds up by like 5%. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could do it for this episode but like anytime one of us says manager or some permutation thereof it should just like speed up by 5%. <laughs> and- this is something everybody can do at home while they're listening. Yeah, it's yeah, 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 yeah. 1.1, 1.2, 1. Yeah, 1.3, if you look at 1. your phones 4. now, you can increase the speed. By like 14. Yeah. <laughs> Some people think that we're the same. Call us by each other's name. So it's time to play a game called Tag Yourself. Welcome to Tag Yourself, the show about whatever we want. Because it's our show. And not yours. And so today on Tag Yourself, <laughs> Lauren has the brilliant suggestion here. Yeah. Um, we are going to tag ourselves as um, infamous drag queens, Trixie Mattel and Katia Zamolodzikova from season seven of RuPaul's Drag Race, Mm -hmm. and they also have a YouTube show on the World of Wonder YouTube channel called Uh, where- (laughs) One more time, please. (laughs) Well, actually, the way they do it, it's more like, uh, (laughs) which can I say, brilliant name for a show. Brilliant. Um, Where they, you know, every episode they talk about a various topic, and it's very funny, and it's edited very well, and it's just, you know, it's a grand old time all around. But I thought that it would be funny if we tagged ourselves as them. Um, Yeah, it was one of your, on our our master list of tag yourself possibilities for the show that we created before the show even started making episodes. mm -hmm. uh, It was one of your suggestions, and Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we finally got into it, because I had never watched the show, Mm -hmm. and... Um, prior to recording this, we watched a few episodes together and I've simply learned so much. What a delight. Yeah, it is one of those things that I'll just like, if I'm like really feeling, you know, in my feelings, um, sometimes I just watch, oh, and it makes me feel better. I like, what is that thing you said earlier? Um, It's not gonna, it's not gonna solve anything, but it will help. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> We've had a lot of items today that didn't solve anything, but did help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, I think there are a lot of things that don't solve anything. You know, it's not going to solve... Watching that show is not going to solve my problems, but it will help. And it did. It'll make me feel better. And you know what? It did. Yeah. yeah. So, we're gonna, about it. so we're going to do this tag yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is a good place for you to take the lead since you are the uh, more of the expert and I am. Uh, just simply a, a newborn fawn as far as the show goes. I am, yeah, I am fairly well versed. I, um, my immediate reaction is that you are Trixie and I am Katya. Oh, I thought you said the opposite before. No, I said, I, that's what I said before. I think you said I, that you maybe felt like Katya. I don't know. I said that I wasn't sure but i would never do my makeup like trixie like like and that's not to say i don't appreciate trixie's drag look because i do appreciate it but it's just simply it's not something that i would ever do yeah i i like love katya's look me too it is just so much more um i, I just I'm yeah so traditional in that way i guess it's weird in a way that i love um, trixie's no, Katya's. Katya's. I don't find Katya's look weird. Well, she's always wearing like l- little hands on her fingers and like third eyes. Halloween and she's episode. Wearing, well, no, in other episodes, she has a wig that has like a phone on top and mm-hmm. she like has her, like Trixie is is purposefully modeled after like a Barbie doll. Yeah. On purpose. Uh, you know, purposely on purpose with a very exaggerated makeup and, you know, wearing like pink nightgowns and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Um. And Katya, if you watch enough of those episodes, like, Katya has a little bit more variety, but she also, like, gets a little bit weirder with it. And it's also just, like, a weirder person in general, I think. Mm-hmm. But their friendship is very beautiful. I actually didn't, I should have picked an episode where they do this, but there are multiple episodes where they will, like, say this exact same thing at the exact same time, and then they, like, freak out. <laughs> Which is a thing that we often do. Oh, yes. Yeah. So they're like at at that level of like, you know, being two halves of a whole idiot, mm-hmm. as it were. But I think my instinct is that you are Trixie and I am Katya. It, it's less of an aesthetic thing and more of a like personality thing. Sure. Of just like, I feel like... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I, I have a tendency to embrace weird a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like you're giving me a face. I'm waiting to hear the rest of what you have to say. Um, there is also a thing where um, like it is kind of a running joke where Trixie like constantly interrupts Katya and I feel like you're more likely to do that to me than I am to you. Yeah, it's usually to find your own thought before you do. <laughs> yeah. And also like Trixie is just like she's the younger one, but she has more of the like in charge energy, mm-hmm. which is true of us too. Yes. Cuz you're technically younger than me, but I think you have more of an in charge energy definitely in general. And I think I'm mo- mostly going off of that because they do also have like a very similar sense of humor and like are always making each other laugh. And like um, there are a lot of times that like Trixie will just say something and Katya just like just loses her just damn loses mind. her shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have noticed. that. Yeah. And I feel like I like I feel like if you 
I feel like I will just like start laughing and just like not. <laughs> I was uh, okay. So I think I just came into this because, like, like you said before we started recording when we were talking about it, the only thing I had said was that you know I could never see myself doing Trixie's makeup. I could see myself doing Katya's makeup. Yeah. And either I misheard you or you misspoke, and I, but I internalized you having said, yeah, I think you're more Katya and I'm more Trixie, and I was like looking at it from that lens and kind of being like, I don't actually know. Mixed with being like not being able to unsee Trixie's like drag look. Yeah. And and how that affects my relationship. But personality wise, I do think I agree that like in their dynamic, there are some qualities that seem like more me and Katya being more you. Yeah. That was a minute point. I think I think earlier I I had heard you say I would never do Katya's makeup. Because in my head I was like, oh, but you would do Trixie's makeup? Yeah, it's maybe like the we one both that's just like our wires got super yeah, crossed. Yeah, 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 yeah. But all that to say. Yeah. Um in 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 my head, I think I am I am more Katya and you are more Trixie. And I'm gonna stand by that i could see that when trixie did say that she was a theater major i did for a second go mm, <laughs> and make the eyes of you but in my head i don't think i actually did it yeah but, uh that aside that's true yeah you know well it's not it's never going to be a perfect tag yourself you know no no we are it's simply there's always room for we are simply different people <laughs> can't put me into a box just thought about Trixie's costume that was a die. <laughs> a dice. A die. Yeah. Your dice. <laughs> Thanks, Mama, a box. Thanks, Mama, a box. Um, is- and she was like, Thanks, Val. Thanks, Val. <laughs> and Katya was like, You call your mom by her first name. She was like, Of course not, but She's I like, do. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're we're constantly calling our mothers by the first yeah, name. Yeah, I mean it's Maureen. To like, each other. Yes. It, it's yes. Yeah, but Maureen. I also will call my mom her first name to her face. Worse. Well, yeah, I will I will very, very rarely call my mother Carol to her face. Yeah. But if I'm talking about her, it's Carol. I'll say Carol said this today. Yeah. I will not say my mother said this today. I go back and forth. Sometimes it's my mother, sometimes it's Maureen. But you know, yeah. it depends on the context and how I'm feeling about the specific incident that I'm about to Yeah, I was going to say, about. it is a very specific energy of, like, is this a first name energy or is this, like, a my mom energy, yeah. you know? Goes back and forth. Yeah, for sure. Plus, when your moms have names like Maureen and Carol, what are you supposed to do, not use them? They are, like, very mom-ish names. So mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Okay. I'm into that. I'm Trixie Mattel. And I'm Katya Zamolojkova. If you would like to submit a suggestion for our next segment of Tag Yourself, please send us an email at moretalklessrock at gmail.com. We truly love when you participate in that way and give us something new to think about. So, uh, yeah, send us that email. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of More Talk, Less Rock. We write and edit and record and produce and release and all the things for the show and we hope you enjoy listening to it and because we are still accepting that we do all of those things and make all of these choices ourselves on our own timeline however we want we are going to reinforce that to ourselves by letting you know that um we are still figuring out the rest of this season beyond that there will probably be four more episodes to keep it in that 12 episode structure but as far as when they come out and what they're going to be about Who's to say? I mean, we're to say, but we have not said yet. And so when we do know, 
you will know by seeing a new episode in your podcast feed where you like- subscribe to this show, hopefully. I feel like this is good for us. It's great for us. Like, we, I think we need to take some time to just, like, because historically we do plan out every episode and then start recording them. Mm-hmm. But now we're just going to fly by the seat of our pants. Yeah, well, we're going to need some time. I'm going to be on the road for the next five weeks. Yeah. And then home for like a week and then gone for a few more weeks. Yeah. And then we're going to play that show. Mm-hmm. And so, to be honest, like our episode's going to get made while that happens. <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to say? I'm not going to guarantee it. Yeah. But um, yeah. So thank you for uh, bearing with us and coming along this journey as we figure out what the rest of the second half of this season holds for us and for you. Um. If you want to continue to support the show in the meantime, you can, A, obviously subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on social media. We are at More Talk Less Rock um, on Instagram and at MTLR Podcast on Twitter. And you can send us an email at MoreTalkLessRock at gmail.com if you have any suggestions for anything you want to hear us do on the show. Whatever. Just say hello. That's what the email's for. And, um... Yeah, rate and review us wherever you listen to the show so that other people find it. That's what people say on other podcasts. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, thanks. I'm Lauren. And I'm Rachel. And And we're we're just just happy happy to be be here. This is apropos of absolutely nothing, um, but I just noticed that the tracks on Ableton are bisexual colors, and I think that's beautiful. That is beautiful. Huh. <laughs> I love being supported by my dog. Yeah. <laughs> Ableton said bye, right? <laughs> <laughs>